You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Damon Martin, MMA fighting here with the guy I called the biggest winner at UFC 250 this past week. And he should have walked away with the title. We'll leave that for part of the conversation we're about to have. Welcome back, Aljamain Sterling. Aljo, welcome back. And uh, thank you for the time, man. And congratulations on an amazing victory. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super pumped up, man, and just excited for everything that's coming. You know, I got to be honest. Corey Sanhagen is a very tough guy, very good fighter. And I, I looked at that fight and said, man, this is a toss-up. This is a good fight. Like, this is a real, this, that's why I said it was probably the fight for the vacant title. It was a very tough fight. It didn't play out as a very tough fight, Aljo. It did not play, t- did not play out that way at all. No, nah, you, know, you know what, man? I think... Um... Corey said it himself, you know, there's, we're all world-class and then there's a notch above that, <laughs> you know? So, uh, when it comes to the ground game, I think I, I, I fit that mold of what he was talking about. And I, I didn't, I don't think he realized, um, what he was getting himself into and, um, tough competitor. He's super young and he's got a, a bright future ahead of him. Yeah. Can you give me an idea? Like, was the game plan going in to, to, to take them down and, and grapple with him right away? Or did you just see that opening and you took it? Uh, you know what, man, I, I, I thought about it a, a bunch and I wasn't sure how the fight would go. And that was what I, I thought would be my path of, of least resistance. And I went for it, kept the pressure on. I just had to make sure I kept my awareness. He was a taller, lankier fighter, you know, uh, dangerous with the knees and the Muay Thai clinch. And I just didn't want to run, run into anything. So that was my main concern. And, um, you know, I knew if I could get him down one time, that would be a, a good night for myself. Yeah, now I know you're a you're a fan of social media. How many human Jansport tweets did you see after the fight? Oh, a shit ton. <laughs> I think um, people were starting to realize again that you know I'm primarily a grappler. Um, striking is fun, but at the end of the day, man, um, grappling is what I'm a, a better expert at. I could do it all, but if if you know if, if it goes down to my world, I think um, people are starting to realize like that's where I'm the most dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. You, we knew going into the fight that this was a big moment for you because of where Corey was ranked, where you were ranked, where the bantamweight division is at right now. Could you have imagined making a better statement than the one you made on Saturday night by going out and choking out a guy who, you know, as legit as they come, I mean, this guy has wins over guys like John Lineker, Javier Sunsally. He is a legit bantamweight, and you went out and choked him out in, in, inside the first round. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't think it was going to go that way. I thought it would have been a lot more deeply contested. I honestly thought it was going to be a three-round affair. 
and um, we both we ended up in the hospital again, kind of like my last fight a year ago against Pedro Munoz. Um, you know, I just I put my guys in this pedestal where they're my biggest demons and my biggest enemies, and I got to make sure I could conquer that. So um, I always make sure I train to the best of my abilities and leave those stones unturned. And I, I truly did think this fight was going to be a, a more toughly contested fight, but I think it goes to show that there are levels to this grappling game of this, of this business. And um, I'm just glad I uh, walked through it with uh, flying colors. You know, it's not every day you get to walk out of a fight like that of that high of a caliber with such high stakes on a fight. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing was ideal about this fight for you, Aljo. I mean, you had, at the beginning, you had the coronavirus outbreak and you're in New York, which of course is one of the hotbeds where it was the worst. Uh, so you couldn't really train, yeah. couldn't get to your gym. Uh, then, of course, you you know later revealed that your girlfriend ended up coming down with the coronavirus. So you were taking care of her and kind of it kind of landed literally in your home. Uh, and then you had to kind of build a gym in your house. You're working with just a few people, Marab and a few other guys. Nothing was ideal about this. And then you go out and have arguably the biggest win of your career. I mean, how crazy is it when you think about everything you went through to get here and then to go out and have that kind of win? It's it's, a, it's unreal. It's it's a surreal feeling. It still feels like a dream. Uh, we watched the fights probably seven, eight times today. And uh, I mean, it was only 88 seconds, but... Uh, it's it's something that we didn't think would happen like that. You know, Corey is a guy we, we tout and we put on a, a high pedestal in terms of his um, resume and what he's been able to accomplish thus far. So um, to go out there and get a win like that, man, it's, it puts you over the edge. It puts you over the moon. And, um, you know, you can't script anything better than that, especially with everything that was happening. I think New York was definitely the worst place that was hit with this quarantine. And to just have these guys who stuck by me and came down to train and uh, gave me the best versions of themselves to help push me to, to, to realize a dream. There's nothing better than that. You know, I, I love this team. I love this family. And it's something that I can never replace. And um, these guys helped me get, me get me to where I am today. So it's just an exciting time for this team, man. This year, this team is undefeated. And to have these guys fighting this weekend and then to have guys fighting the, the following week after that, it says a lot, you know, so I'm just coming off the, off the win and I'm getting ready to, to, to help these guys get ready for battle for their, their fights as well. Yeah. How much does it mean to you to have guys like Marab and Ally Quinta? Because I remember talking to Chris Weidman when he was still scheduled to fight in May and he's like, listen, I'm not going to ask, you know, Ray Longo and Matt Serra to come out. You know, they got families and this is a serious thing. And obviously Ray's a little older and he's like, I'm not going to put them at risk you know, so they can corner me for a fight, you know, that kind of stuff. How much does it mean to you that obviously Ray and Matt and those guys back in New York were all behind you, but then you were able to turn to guys like Marab and Ally Quinta to be in your corner and, and feel like you don't miss a step. I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Well, you know what, man, we, we train with each other day in and day out. These are my main training partners. And, uh, we were calling it the, uh, the dog pound training crew, the dog pound training camp. And to have these guys with me, you know, everything, every day, pretty much, we were barking. Oof, 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 oof. <laughs> you know, that was, uh, that was the model, man. It's just like all the dogs of the gym just coming out, pushing each other to, to the next level, pushing each other to limits and helping each other elevate themselves to the, to that next platform to, to, uh, just get better every single day. And, um, not having the coaches, you know, obviously health concerns come first, you know, to get a win and then to have those guys who are definitely sick or definitely ill 
it's um, something we were definitely concerned about. So we made sure we took precautions with that. And at the end of the day, these are guys that train, train with day in and day out. So being with these guys, we're like, you know, nothing really changed. But just having these guys who the the most highest of levels in the gym pushing each other, I think um, iron sharpens iron. And to have guys like this around you, you can't ask for a better situation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, with that being said, I don't want to open old wounds, Aljo, but we talked numerous times leading into what was going to be this fight and then not this fight and then eventually this fight again uh, with the timing and everything. But, you know, and listen, you, you've heard it a million times. You don't need me to hear you. You don't need to hear me say it again. But, you know, everyone, pretty much everyone, believes that you should have been fighting for the vacant bantamweight title. Uh, and then you go out and you take out a guy in Corey Sandhagen who was le- a very legit guy. A lot of people thought he was you know, going to be the future of this division. You take him out in 88 seconds. Do you harbor any ill feelings about that whole situation, or do you just kind of roll with the punches and say, you know, that performance tells people that I'm the best band to wait, even if I don't have a belt around my waist. Like, I'm the uncrowned champion right now. Yeah, you know what, man? I, I'm always a guy who looks at every situation as glass has half full. And um, I can never complain about the situation that I'm in. You know, I try to put everything into perspective. I'm doing what I love to do. There's a lot of American citizens out there who do things and do jobs that they hate day in and day out. For me to do what I love to do with people that I like and enjoy being around who are chasing the same dreams, same passions, and to have that around with you day in and day out, I think it says a lot, you know. So to to have that type of camaraderie and to go out and – perform and everyone's chasing the same dream same goal i think uh you kind of forget about everything else obviously it would have been nice to have a, a bandwidth title on the line i think uh cory and i had the best resume and for me to go out there and take out a guy who had a better resume than pd on in the way that i did i think it says a lot about this division how stacked it is and um just it says a lot about my abilities as well you know so i think people are going to really be taking notice and paying attention to what i'm capable of and the team is capable of and from there it's just you know i think they're gonna really be doing the homework and try to figure out a way that they can take us out so i think together we're we're unbreakable unshakable and um you know sarah longo man sarah longo all the way we're this is a team this is a dynasty and um it's a small knit tight-knit team and i i think that says a lot about us we're not like out there recruiting people and bringing people in this is people just around from the same area who got the same passion, the same drive, and uh, everybody we wholeheartedly believe in and we want to see everybody succeed. Yeah. Now, this is a fan-driven sport, Aljo. We know that. I mean, the fans do make a big difference, yeah. you know, when it comes to fights being made. You know, obviously, the, the fights that are, you know, fighters getting opportunities, the more popular you are, sometimes trumps the wins you have, as we've seen a lot of times in sport. But you going out and having the win like this, like, you're not gonna. You don't have a title around your waist, and obviously, we all believe you're gonna get the winner of you know Peter Yan and Jose Aldo. But do you feel like, in a way, your win just kind of like has a shadow now hanging over that fight? Like you, you don't have your title around your waist, but no matter who wins that fight, if Peter Yan goes out there and knocks out Aldo in the first round, there's gonna be that lingering question of, well, you got to go through Aljamain Sterling if Jose Aldo pulls it off. Well, you got to go through Aljamain Sterling. Like, is there some kind of at least a little bit of benefit in that, knowing that you're you're the you're the guy? You're, you mentioned the boogeyman word on Saturday night. You're now the boogeyman who's kind of hanging in the closet right there. Yeah, you know what? I feel like I kind of got that Tony Ferguson effect right now. It's like I'm that guy hanging in the wings right now, and um, I think people are are really starting to 
pay attention and take notice to um, my skills and capabilities, man. I think you put me in there with anybody, 35, 45, I get on your back, I take you down. It's going to be a long night, and it's a dangerous situation to be in. So um, I'm confident in my abilities and the training that I have. You know, there are black belts, and then there are black belts, and I'm a Sarah BJJ black belt. I think that's a lot, what a lot of people are starting to take notice, like, dude, this guy is dangerous. If he grabs your leg or gets a hold of you, it's, it could be a short night, so you have to really be on your P's and Q's when it comes to stepping in, in the octagon with me. Um, so, yeah, Pideon may fight Jose Aldo, and he may win the belt, or Jose Aldo may win the belt, but people are going to always look and see, like, well, you got to beat this guy first. And um, it gives me a, a good comfort to know that people are behind me and realizing that my skills are dangerous, and um, I'm a real threat to this division. And in order to be considered the best, you have to – take me out you know so uh that 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 lets me know man the work that i've been putting in for 10 years have all come to fruition so i'm just super excited this bandweight is this bandweight division is the best it's ever been and uh i think people are realizing like this is probably the best division in the entire ufc roster right now of course there are other tough competitive rosters um but this one is, is a fun roster you can get knocked out you can get choked out and uh, high pace, high cardio, and just the talent level, the skill level is just personality just oozing for days. So I think people are really starting to pay attention that we bring the whole package when it comes to what entertainment, what fans want to see. Yeah, I'll just let you call your shot right now, Aljo. Are you the best bench weight in the UFC? Uh, I'm going to say so. I'm going to say so um, until somebody prove it otherwise. Uh, I took out the number four guy in the world the way I did, and I don't think there's a lot of guys doing that to Corey Sanhagen. He said it himself. I saw him after the fight when we got back to the hotel, and he said, dude, um, he called me an asshole, you know, obviously jokingly, but he was like, dude, you know, much credit to you if, um, you know, go out there and get the belt uh, for you to do what you did to me. He said, that's not easy to do, and, um, you know, he gave me a lot of respect. And obviously he's a young guy. He's going to come back, bounce back. I've been that guy before. Losing to Marlon Rice, Vicious KO came back, and uh, I think it's all about your self belief and in, in the journey, man. The work you put in, you you get in what you put in. That's what I truly do believe in, and um, that's really it, you know. So, if these guys these guys want to doubt me once again, let Vegas doubt me once again. Make it a pick and fight, and I got a whole bunch of people who are making money. And I told these guys one by one, you know, if you won your bet by Betting on me, you owe me the first round, the first three rounds at the bar the next time I see you. <laughs> I love it. You uh, you made it clear on Saturday night that you are more than ready, and you've been more than ready to fight Peter Yan for months now. They just never made the fight. Uh, but I'll ask the question, now that we know it's going to be Peter Yan and Jose Aldo, it looks like it's going to be in July on Fight Island. Uh, kind of a two-part question. Do you lean one way or the other? I know in your heart you'd like to be the guy to take out you know, Yan because everyone considers him, as you mentioned, the boogeyman, and you love that chat. Challenge, but do you think Jan gets past Aldo, and do you believe that will be the guy you'll fight? Uh, I'm not sure. I know those guys used to train with each other, so there's probably some type of a respect factor there. Um, I think when I look at the landscape between those guys and their skill set, Jose Aldo is very, very well-rounded, but he typically has shied away from his kicking game, his jiu-jitsu game, and primarily just boxes. I think uh, P.D. is going to come through with the kicking game, the kickboxing, the Muay Thai, the clinch game, and uh, the whole package. So I think Jose Aldo has got to be cautious about that and really paying attention and make sure he's not be- being one-dimensional and giving P.D. Uh, an easy predictability of the version of 
uh, Jose Aldo that's going to show up that night. So it really just depends on what these guys think, if they want to just put on an entertaining fight or if they're, going to, if they're out there competing to win. I think that's the mindset that we have to try to dive into to see who's going to step up and bring that type of mindset to the fight. So uh, I never wish ill will saying, I wish guy this guy won or this guy lost. I, I really don't care. It's the best guy. Let them have their night. Whoever's the better man, let them win. And um, whoever I get to face, I'm excited about the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I worked hard to get back into this position. I think a lot of guys would have been broken. And, um, again, this, this Bantamweight division is stacked. Anybody could be a champion on any given day. And there's guys that are not ranked right now who could be a champion on any given day. So to be the guy who's leading this pack of the Bantamweight division, I, I intend if, if PDN wins, have my whole team, we're ready. We're bringing the C4. We're going to plan it on his railroad tracks, and we're going to blow that shit up. So um, if PDN wins, we're ready to go. Yeah, and I imagine even if it's Aldo, you'll gladly welcome that fight as well. It doesn't really matter. As long as you're getting your title, it doesn't really matter. Oh, not not at all. Jose Aldo's a legend. He accomplished a, a many great things in his lifetime, and uh, to beat a guy like that, if he were to come down and win the, the Bantamweight title, uh, even after coming off of a loss, because I thought it was a close fight, I thought he did win, but if he comes out and wins that fight against a tough, highly touted Pideon, I would love to be the guy who could take that strap away from him and further cement my name in the history books at the Benaway division. And uh, that's what it's all about, man. I'm, I'm here to fight the best guys. I'm not waiting to these guys are out of their prime to say I beat these guys. You know, I want to do it when these guys are considered the greatest and the scariest. That's, that's when I want to do it because at the end of the day, it might be a, a big challenge mentally for myself, but to go out there and do it, I know people can never doubt me. And um, I want to be someone that people will remember for for years to come i you know I, I look i look at my career now I'm like i'm almost similar in, in the path of uh of uh, ali in terms of what he's done inside and outside the octagon and i want to be that voice for change and just someone that that can be a role model for the people who grew up just like me and uh be a, a, a pinnacle of hope. So that's that's kind of the way I look at my career. Yeah. I asked you this on the on the virtual media day on Thursday, and, and you saw it on Saturday night. You know, guys like Devin Clark uh, made a statement, you know, kneeling down in the octagon. I know Alice Caceres talked about it before and after the fight, and obviously I asked you that question before the fight, and then you mentioned it in the post-fight presser. But obviously everything else we've got going on in the world right now, you mentioned that you're going to use your platform, you know, to get the word out there, to reach out to your community, reach out to people, because we are, you know, a lot of people are hurting right now, man. And I, I thought that was big of you, because obviously it's a huge moment in your career, one of the biggest wins of your career, set you up for a title fight, but you still... We're looking towards other people that had other things going on. Uh, I know you said it was important to you to do that, but I mean, does it? Did it kind of resonate even after the fight? You felt you know it necessary. You need to continue to to push that envelope and, and let people know that you stand for these things and you're out there. Uh, you said you know if you were home, you'd be in the protest right now. Like obviously your teammates fighting, so you're not doing that right now. But you know you're still supporting these issues and you want to be out there at the forefront of this whole thing. Yeah. Percent, you know, I I think it's important for people to to understand. Like, yeah, we are athletes. I know people turn to pro sports to kind of get away from the real world and get away from uh, the daily activities of their lives. But at the end of the day, we're still people who are still living in this world as well as they are. And uh, I think it's important to let people know like where we stand and uh, push a good a, a good message if we can. I think um, promoting positivity and peace. And just 
everyone respecting each other and just having a, a better understanding and empathy, I think is a very important message for us to use our platforms for. Um, I, I understand the whole thing with sponsorships and people are like nervous that sponsors might not want to give them money or they feel they don't want, sponsors might not be in the same uh, line of their beliefs. So it's a, it's a very slippery slope, but thank God you know, I'm with people that believe in the same stuff that I'm believing in. And um, that's all I could ever ask for at the end of the day. It, you know, you only get one career, you got a short career window. And I just hope that I could touch as many people's lives and impact them as best as I can. And uh, I feel like I'm doing that, you know? So um, I may be a joker, maybe a, a, a somewhat of a comedian, a clown outside of the octagon. Cause I like to have fun. I like to break balls and, that's just in my nature, but at the same time, uh, I, I want to preach a good message and leave people with something that I truly do believe in, and hopefully that can touch the minds of, of younger youth and really shape the world. You know, at the end of the day, if I could change one mind, one opinion, and really influence the greater good, I think I've done my part. And uh, a lot of people helped me coming up through the wrestling community, pay for stuff for me, pay for my wrestling tournaments, pay for my singlets, my food, and help me get to where I am. And I just kind of want to pay it forward because they didn't have to do that for me. I was just some random kid, some random minority that they just thought really loved wrestling. And they took care of me and every every one of my expenses. And to have that opportunity being blessed with that, not a lot of people have that opportunity. So I want to make sure I kind of do my part in paying it forward and make sure I, I, I let people know, like, dude, you know, you know, if someone believes in you, you believe in yourself and you take yourself seriously you know, you can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish in this world as long as you put the work in and you earn it. Yeah. Well, you said something before the fight. You said as important as this fight was, and this was you know, a hugely important fight for you, some things are still bigger than fighting, and, and that's, you know, it, it is true. Like, we, I loved the UFC on Saturday night. It was a great distraction. I Amazing fights all night long. But again, you know, we can't forget about the rest of the world. There are people out there suffering, and I think it's important that, you know, you don't have to do it. I'm not telling everyone that, you know, they should go out and, you know, say what they want to say and speak their mind, but I think it's important that we have people who are willing to speak their mind, and you obviously are one of those, and, and again, you're going to, you know, if you become Bantamweight champion, you're going to have an even bigger platform to, to you know, to resonate for change out there, and I am quite sure you want to do that. Yeah, you look at all these sports, you look at all these fighters, this so many fighters on the UFC roster, so many fighters, um, basketball players on in the NBA roster, NFL players, and you don't see a lot of these athletes using their platform to really push uh, a good message and really try to ch create change. And they might be doing stuff outside of what we know, outside of social media, but at the same time, I think it's when you have the opportunity to really influence the masses, I think it's super important to step up and really express how you feel because you, you never know who's watching. And that's kind of where I'm at with everything. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a, man, this day and age is so sad, you know. I do feel like change has been coming for a very long time and there's no better time than today. And I think for people to, to kind of go out there and uh, really push a good message. At the end of the day, I think it's all about respect, just pushing a good message and really just trying to get people to somewhat get on the same page. I think that's extremely important. And um, I'm just proud to be in this position that I am and be able to have the influence that I have on the younger generation because it's about that revolving door. If I could change someone who's on that revolving door and get them off that carousel and break the cycle, 
I think I've done my part in for his humanity, and that's what I'm all about. Yeah, absolutely. Now, last thing before I get you out of here, Aljo, I'm not going to get you in trouble by asking specifics, but I saw a tweet you made late Saturday night, and I'm just going to ask it very simply, and you don't have to go into detail, but did you end up hanging out with Sean O'Malley after UFC 250 on Saturday night? No, no. I tweeted I, I <laughs> to, to Sean O'Malley like, uh, hey, uh, you want to spark one up? But uh, <laughs> we ended up going out, and I didn't see his tweet because I turned off my notifications. Otherwise, my phone is just blown up 24-7. So I turned off my notifications, and then when I did go on to look, I saw that he responded, but I was already back at the hotel. It was like 4 a.m. at that point. Um, that would have been actually pretty fun to kind of hang out with the young blood of this um, division and uh, just, just kick it a little bit. You know, like I said, I never wish ill will on anybody's career or profitability and what they're able to achieve and accomplish. Amali's a tough dude. You know, we got a guy who wants to really, really beat him up. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I respect everyone who steps in the octagon. I'm sure my teammate does too. But, um, you know, we want to show that there's levels to this game. And like I said, it would have been fun to just kind of chop it up with him and just pick his brain as a, as a young kid and maybe even share some knowledge of some of the stuff that I learned coming up um, as a bantamweight and just coming up as a as a fighter, you know. I think what it, at the end of the day, it's about just improving the the life of everybody else. So, yeah, he, he responded. It was literally, he said he was in his bed, highest tits. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I just saw the, I saw, the, I saw the tweet way too late. It would have been fun to just kick it and um, just hang out with the young blood and, and just preach some knowledge or maybe just share some things and bounce some thoughts up with each other. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I remember years ago talking to Matt Sarah when he mentioned he's got what he said. He kept saying, Aljo, 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 this kid Aljo. Matt Sarah talked about you years ago when you were coming up. Is it fun to know now that you are the number one contender at Bandsweight and you've been in the UFC for quite a while, that now you're the the veteran and, and you can say a guy like Sean O'Malley and say, you're the young kids. Like, you're now the you're now the veteran. It's kind of weird to think about that, right? Yeah, it is. You know, I remember when I fought Marlon Marais, and, um, you know, even though the fight didn't go my way, just being in the back room, working out, losing weight the entire fight week, I noticed that a lot of people were stopping their workouts, or uh, if they were about to start their workout, they'd wait a little bit, just kind of watch us work out. And um, it kind of gave me that, like, assurance, like, hey, man, the, the torch has been passed. You are now the veteran. And that was only my ninth fight in the UFC. And uh, this last past weekend, that was my fourth, 14th fight with the, the UFC company. And to see that, I think uh, it says a lot, man. You know, people look at you. And, and I remember when I made my debut, I was watching Daniel Cormier work out. I was watching Sarah McMahon get ready for her fight with Ronda Rousey. And just being able to see the, the, the demeanor and the attitude and how people prepare for their fights. Uh, I'm now that guy that people look to. And they may not say it, but they're watching and they're seeing how we do things. And uh, I think that's kind of important, just kind of how we shape the, the landscape of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Aljo, again, congratulations on the win, man. Amazing, amazing performance. Enjoy a little downtime. I know you guys don't take a lot of downtime because you're uh, you're always working. I know your teammates got to fight this weekend. Best of luck to him as well. But uh, thank you as always for the time, man. Enjoy at least a little vacation, and hopefully next time we talk, as we're talking about who you're fighting for that bantamweight title, whether it's Peter Yan or Jose Aldo, I look forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a big a big next two weekends, man. This weekend is a big weekend, and I'm super excited to to be a part of it. And um, I'm just glad we're able to fight and compete. You know, the world's at a standstill right now, and uh, for the UFC to be the only sport pretty much on TV 
this is a big opportunity for a lot of us to make our name be, you know, to be known to the masses out there. And uh, people get to tune in so we could use this opportunity to make new fans and uh, kind of cultivate new opportunities. So I'm super excited to, to watch our guys fight this weekend. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk soon, Aljo. I appreciate the time as always. Thanks, Damon. I All appreciate right. it. All right. Bye-bye. Take it easy.